Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. Let us ask for God's blessing over his word before we read. Lord, we are grateful. We are thankful for another opportunity, another day to come before your presence. And Lord, we are asking that your spirit will help us to understand your word and to grasp the truth that is therein, Lord, as we live, as we go about our businesses, we pray that we'll be reminded of this truth that we are learning today. We thank you, Lord. May the meditation of our hearts, the words we speak, be accepted before you in Jesus' name. Amen. When he had said this, this was um, Jesus after visiting uh, places with them and uh, talking about a lot of parables and healing people. It says when he had said this, he went ahead going to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany, at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where, you, where as you enter, you'll find a cold tide on which no one has ever sat. Lose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you losing it? Thus, you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were losing the colt, the owner of it said to them, Why are you losing the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. Other accounts uh, writing these stories, they'll talk about the palm branches that they laid on the ground and lift them up as Jesus was riding into Jerusalem. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praised God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, 
But I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you, close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. This is very profound. Um, what our Lord Jesus Christ is talking about here. Amazing story. Um, you know, Jesus, when he was uh, doing his ministry, walking and, you know, visiting various places and healing people, bringing the dead back to life and teaching people the truth of God, many things happened. And many people got acquainted with what Jesus did, but they never really knew who he was in the real sense. They knew that he was a good teacher. They knew the miracles that he had done, and they would praise him for those events. They were thankful that, you know, people were healed. And so these kind of things drew many people to him. Sometimes it was food. He fed a lot of people. And he would mention it to them, like, I know the reason why you people are here. Because I fed you. And you're here for some more, right? <laughs> you need some more. That's why you're here. Some of you are turning to be lazy. You don't want to go to work. You want to follow me because you know that there will be food. And when he came near, he beheld the city and wept over it. This is profound. We would ask ourselves, why is Jesus weeping over Jerusalem? The scene is a sad one. Jesus, the Messiah of Israel, comes near the city of Jerusalem, and he weeps over it. Jerusalem, the holy city, was built on Abraham's Mount Moriah and David's Mount Zion. Its foundation rested upon Salem. Salem means a place of peace. Salem of Melchizedek. And the Jebus of the Jebusites. The Jebusites were a Canaanite tribe that inhabited Jerusalem. It was made the capital of God's nation during the reign of King David and served 
as until it was destroyed by the Babylonians. Jerusalem was rebuilt by a remnant of the Jews under Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. It had heard the voice and seen the face of the Son of God one day. The prophet tells us, it will be the capital city of the world and the center of God's kingdom on earth. But as the awful day, it crucified our Savior. And Jesus knew about this. He wept over the unbelief of these people. Jesus cried for Jerusalem at least three times. Luke 13 tells us about a day when he wept over the city before arriving there. As he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem, he cried out, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hand that gathered her brood under her wings? And he would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you shall say, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. That is Luke 13, 34 and 35. In Luke 19, 42 to 44, tells us about Jesus weeping over the city as he entered into it. He wept over it, saying, If thou had knowest, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belongs unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that time that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee around and keep thee in every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon the other because thou knowest not the time of thine visitation. Jesus talked about this many times, talking about Jerusalem and how it will lay itself in ruin. And we would be wondering, you know, why he was weeping over the tragedy of the lost opportunity. Pastor Josh vividly talked about this time the, when they were calling him the Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And the very moment, you know, this event happened, they did not refer to the prophecy because the dates were accurate until that very time. It was prophesied from um, the prophet Daniel and others to the very day, to the very hour. 
that Jesus Christ would ride into Jerusalem. Even Zechariah chapter 9 talked about it, word for word of what would happen this day. But these people would not see what was happening. He was weeping over the tragedy of a lost opportunity. The Israelites that assembled in Jerusalem for the Passover missed the opportunity to be saved, both from the earthly and eternal destruction. They were visited by their Savior, but they did not know it. Instead of receiving him, they called out death for him. This one time they are crying out, Hosanna in the highest. The next time they're saying, crucify him. What a wicked people. A people who did not really foresee what God was doing. And this was very profound. That it happened on this very time when it was a time for Passover. It was on the 10th of what they call the 10th of Nisan in the Hebrew. The 10th of Nisan is a Hebrew calendar, the 6th of, 6th of April. And that was 32 AD. It was the day the Hebrew population settled or selected a lamb and brought it home in a few days to kill it for the Passover. On the very same 10th of Nisan, the Lamb of God presents himself to the nation of Israel in a perfect timing. This is the fulfillment of what was predicted by Daniel. The very exact timing. And Jesus is weeping over it. And it would be confusing because Jesus sent two of his disciples to go and bring a colt, a donkey. In the ancient day, they used, kings used donkeys to ride on when they would go into a community for peace. They would ride on a donkey. If they would come on horses and chariots, you know, that is war-related or something else, but not peace. And Jesus sent them to bring a cult. And it, it is very interesting, you know, he sends two of his disciples, say, hey, go into the village opposite you. When you enter it, you will find a cult tied on which no one has ever sat. And what you do is lose it and bring it. And if anyone, you know, the question is not even if, <laughs> because definitely the owner will ask of it. Like, hey, what, what you doing? This is my colt. This is my donkey. Where are you taking it? And if anyone asks you, say, the master is in need of it. <laughs> that is exactly what they did. The owner came about and said, hey, what you doing? Untying my colt. They're like, um, I think the master is in need of it. <laughs> There's someone else who wants it. 
Like, does it, you know, I don't know if they argued. Like, so who is the master? Who is the master who is in need of my cult? The, 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 the best thing to do is, like, if someone sent you, you want to borrow my cult, you come to me first. I might want to use it today. It might be a sick one, you know. But nonetheless, he said, bring it. They brought it, and he rode the colt. Some people must wonder why the Son of God would be seen weeping on a day that should be a happy day for the children of Israel. But he was weeping because our Lord and Savior is not willing that any should perish. As the Holy Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, 3 to 6, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. He also said in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The choices of a man to play a role in his redemption or destruction is available. You receive Jesus, you're saved. There's a provision for us to receive Jesus. Paul says the day of salvation is today. Joshua told the children of Israel that today choose you whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You have a choice to make. But the good news is also that the Holy Spirit quickens us to receive God, to receive Christ. Because in ourselves, we do not bear the ability to do so. Very profound. Jesus enters Jerusalem and he's weeping. And before that, as he drew near Jerusalem, saw the Mount of Olives. You guys remember the Olivet Discourse? And this is what they said. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Period. 
when they said those words, it triggered something in these Pharisees. It's amazing that when Jesus is walking and preaching and healing people, he's not only followed by this, you know, regular people. He's followed by the Pharisees too. I mean, think about it. They are following Jesus, but not to receive from him. They are following Jesus, but they want to try and find things to accuse him for. And because they thought they were so learned, they are so intellectual, they wanted to get things in terms of, you know, what was written in the Torah and the prophecy so that they can get a hold and say, ha, huh, we got him. He said this, and it's not true. Let's take this information to the high priests. They couldn't found anything. And so this scripture rang a bell into their minds because it was written in Psalms 118.26. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Man, how do you speak of these things? I mean, who are these people? What do they know? And they got mad. While people are rejoicing, the Pharisees are getting fired. They're getting mad. And in the ministry of Jesus Christ, many a times he would heal people and he would tell them, hey, do not tell people. He would heal someone and say, hey, go present yourself only to the high priest. He would heal people and tell them, say nothing about it. But this very moment, they call him king and he did not shush them. He did not shush them. He let them be. He rode on a donkey. They called him king. Jesus was weeping over these people, the very same people who are saying, blessed is the king. Because they did not really understand what they're saying. They did not grasp the truth of what it really means. When the Messiah comes, what will he do to the people? Bring liberty to the poor, set the captives free. And these people are not yet free. He knows their hearts. He knows that in a few, these people will be saying, crucify him. What are wicked people? Crying Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. But they know nothing of him. God's time of visitation. When it comes, would you be able to know that this is God's time of visitation? Would you be able to know that? I don't know about you. 
But these Pharisees had a hint of what this would mean. But they did not want to accept the fact that this is him whom the prophet talked about. It can't be. It can't be. But Jesus again, because he is a merciful God, he wants these people to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but they should come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They would come to know him. He's not willing. He's weeping over Jerusalem, seeing how this city would lay in utter destruction. And this guy's like, hey, you guys shut up. Or oh, the best person who will shut you up is your master, the so-called master. So they say to him, hey, tell your disciples to shut up. Rebuke them. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. <laughs> the stones would immediately cry out. This is an amazing scene or thought to think about. Okay? If they shut up, what was prophesied will still be fulfilled that people or things will still shout out and cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And you think about, you know, these stones, now these people have been, you know, shut, and the only things that we have to cry out are stones. Man, God is amazing. He, he can do whatever he wants at any time. If you guys choose not to praise him, the stones will do so. His creation will do so. Trust me. But these stones have no souls. These stones cannot repent. These stones, man. But you and I, through his providence, he has placed in us the ability to choose him. But still, we don't see it. They were happy singing because they were misinformed, anticipating a Messiah who would be a political conqueror. And part of their excitement was that they thought it was time to throw away the Roman government and that it would be, be replaced by Jesus riding into Jerusalem and that they would have a place in this government. What a wicked people. This is why they're rejoicing. Blessed is the king who comes in the name 
of the Lord. Why? Because their intention is that when he starts to rule, we have a place. I mean, we've been walking with him. I mean, who will he choose if not us? He's seen us every day. We were there with him in Nazareth. We were there with him in Bethany. We were there with him in, in Samaria. I mean, we have brought water to him. We've done these things to him. We are always with him. Whom will he choose if not us? Very misinformed. But that was not the case. The, the, the kind of government they were looking forward to was not what Jesus Christ had brought. He brought a far much better government than what they were happy about. A willing heart makes the difference between peace and destruction. It was true for Jerusalem and it is true for the individual soul. If you will decide to turn from your sin and self-righteousness in order to trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation, as the Bible says, you will be saved. Of the first century Israelites, Paul said that, they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10. A decision of the heart will secure one's own salvation. And also, a decision in the Christian heart will lead to the salvation of others. That you're born again, and you're not just sitting there, you're going out to share the good news with the world. Why? Because our Lord is not willing that any should perish. He wants people to be saved. Jesus said to them in John 4, 34 to 35, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do, do you not say there are still four months ahead? And then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the field, for they are ready white for the harvest. The harvest is ready. 
And Jesus Christ is calling us to go out and bring the harvest. The willingness of a Christian to evangelize and of sinners to repent makes the difference in the matter of who will spend eternity with God and who will suffer forever without him. The unwillingness of man creates the tragedy of the lost opportunity over which Jesus Christ is weeping here in the book of Luke. You're missing the opportunity of receiving a savior, missing an opportunity of receiving the king of kings. What you're excited about is the earthly kingship or the earthly government. You want to overthrow the Roman government? Then what? Will that save your souls? Will that take you to heaven? No. Make it a point to receive Jesus Christ. Make it a point to live for him so that you will enjoy eternity with him, not eternally separated from him. That is probably the worst thing that can happen to anyone. In this text, we see our suffering. We see his suffering. And he also predicts more suffering. He talks about suffering many times. But blessed are those who will suffer for righteousness. Do not build your own righteousness. Do not. Our Lord Jesus Christ is looking unto these people. And he say, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Do you guys see the amount of pain, the amount of agony with our Lord Jesus Christ weeping over the people that he made, the people he created? He had the ability to stay in the heaven and still save us if he wanted to. But he chose to come into the dungeon, to come into the stinky world for you and me. But still, we don't see that. We don't see our Lord coming for us. What we are looking for is a glamorous kingdom. A place where we will, you know, take advantage of people where other people will come and serve us because we are the mighty men. The being ignorant, as Paul said, being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness. 
And what does the prophet Isaiah say? That our righteousness are as filthy rugs. You know, the question is not how long you have suffered and you're not seeing help coming your way. You remember the guy at the pool of Bethsaida? Say, Sai, I have no one, absolutely no one to help me. When the angel would come and trouble the waters, other people would jump in before me, and I'm here. I have no one. But it's like, hey, that is not the point. Do you want to be made whole? That is the point. Do you want to be made whole? Christ is not coming and trying to, you know, follow those things that you have done and, you know, you have done this for quite a number of years and that is going to be costly. He is not willing that any of us would perish. But are you willing to be saved? Are you willing to turn around? Are you willing to say, Lord, here I am. I need your mercy. I need a savior. I need saving. Are you willing? Because he is willing that we should not perish. But are we willing to receive him as our Lord and Savior? Are we willing to follow after him? Are we willing to study and to know him at a personal level? Not just to follow him as the crowd does. They follow him, yet they have nothing to do with him. All the Pharisees are looking for is fault. The other people are just trying to find food. What are you looking for as you're following Jesus Christ? What you looking at? Can you look at your heart and say it lays in utter desolation, utter ruin? And it needs a savior. Can you weep over your hearts? Can you weep over the people around you who do not know God? Can you weep over your nation that is perishing? That they are missing the times. They're not seeing what God is doing. I have wept over my own heart, over the wickedness in my own soul. And our Lord Jesus is faithful to forgive us and to restore us. I have crowd, cried out to my people. Crying out for my nation seeing how wickedness is growing day by day. People have created their own form of righteousness. 
No one is looking for God. Everyone is looking for gold. Forgetting about our maker. I don't know about you. I don't know what goes through your minds when we read such scriptures. Our Lord weeping over a nation, weeping over a people. Think about it. Think about it. Don't create a form of righteousness within you. Don't make your own cross, a cross that you can carry with ease. You have fashioned a cross that is bearable for you. Jesus said, if you, if you can't wake up today and carry my cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. You're not worthy. Lord, please help us. Lord, help our unbelief. Lord, help us that when we cry out, singing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, it will be a true calling from our hearts. Not an intention to make you king so that we can enjoy the goodies of the world. Lord, please help our hearts and help us to serve you faithfully. Help us to be wise and help us to have the courage to bring people to you, to help people come to the knowledge of you, our Lord. We thank you, Lord. As we think about your word, please help us. As we also serve you this morning, with a tithes and offering, we pray that you'll be glorified in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718 012 496. See you next time.